0: The Instrumentum Laboris, or the working document for the Amazon Synod, is an announcement of apostasy. Typically, when a person or group apostatizes, they actually leave the institutional church to go found their own man-made religion founded on the, religions of, on the traditions of men that claims to represent Christ. You just need to go look at the Protestant revolt against Christ for some of the worst examples of this. But the Amazon document proclaims a different sort of apostasy— not only in the apostates remaining within the institutions of the Catholic Church, but also one that announces a prideful return to paganism for the church in a part of the world already besieged by non-Christian evangelization efforts by Marxists, Pentecostals, and other pagan groups. But this paganism is worse, for it involves a paganizing of the Catholic faith as it is practiced for the indigenous peoples of the Amazon, by adopting customs and practices and adding them to the liturgy, when possible, from their pagan origins. This is scary stuff that goes well beyond the practice in the United States and other places, where indigenous garb is often worn by priests and deacons during mass for indigenous groups, or the presence of special indigenous dances during the liturgy that otherwise don't really change the fundamentals of the mass. And to be clear, I'm not a fan of either of those practices. But the Amazon Synod is going to do something fundamentally different here. For this includes adopting the indigenous worldview of creation, a sort of paganizing of the understanding of the relationship between God and man and the church. Remember when that German bishop said that the church would never be the same after the Amazon Synod? Well, buckle up. This is going to be a hot mess. The document itself is like most post-conciliar documents, which is to say, needlessly long. Clocking in at 64 pages in length, the various bishops' conferences could sell the thing online for a few dollars a copy. They might have actually done that, I didn't bother to check, but they have done that with other documents in the past, though I can't imagine who buys them besides nerds like me. It's filled with the typical language of Francis Church, most of it an attempt to marry Catholicism to the Gaia worship we see going on in the secular world. There's a lot of jargon thrown around in this document that is confusing. I'll only focus on one, the word cosmovision, which can be defined as the worldview of a society. It's usually used in the context of indigenous pre-Columbian Mesoamerican cultures, who share what we'd call a primitive naturalistic worldview. I'm not going to go into great detail here, but at the most basic level, the Mesoamerican cosmovision entailed an understanding of the universe as guided by dualities. That is, everything forming a, a part of a pair, such as the divine power of the universe and lowly life on earth. The Mesoamerican Cosmovision is, let's put it bluntly, heresy, pure and simple. It is a form of dualism, all forms of which had been rejected by the church throughout the centuries, and repeatedly so because the heretics of any given day continuously promoted some new variation of dualism. Thus it is with the modernists today who re-embrace this heresy, which isn't really surprising, given that modernism is the synthesis of all heresies, according to Pope St. Pius X, who formally defined the heresy of our age, and thus it is to be expected that dualism finds a place in the contemporary church beset by the heretics of modernism. Other major themes of the Amazon working document are enculturation, something called ecological conversion, and as always, synodality, which as I have said before is nothing more than the bishops rebelling against the authority of the Vatican by attempting to decentralize the governance of the church with the end goal of the Catholic Church looking like the dying Anglican Communion. And as an aside, Pope Francis, before his election in 2013, had been known in South America for pushing synodality at his revolutionary Arceba conference, which outlined a plan for the decentralization of the church a plan which excited activists and secular academics who study how organizations are governed. If something the church is doing excites these people, the church should really reconsider what it's doing. The document calls for a healthy decentralization of the church, whatever that means, though it honestly probably means giving greater power to the South American National Bishops' Conferences, which is bad enough. I mean, can you imagine if the USCCB had more power here in North America? But I'm going to focus on one thing here. What the document calls for to quote adapt the eucharistic ritual to their cultures teaching of pan-american indigenous theology in all educational institutions it proposes that indigenous rituals and ceremonies are essential for integral health and invites the participants of the synod to reconsider the linking of the church authority with her sacramental judicial administrative duties especially holy orders in other words integration of local pagan customs and surrendering much of the governing authority of the church to local officials that isn't catholicism in the slightest but again we're talking about revolutionaries you must give these revolutionaries no quarter even if they sometimes come up with an idea that sounds like something you might otherwise approve of give them no quarter so let's talk indigenous rituals and ceremonies that they call essential to integral health what does that even mean the Vatican in the age of Francis has been energetically pushing this concept of integral ecology, which I'll use the fish wrapper known as the National Catholic Distorter's definition. Why them? Because in their fawning over the modernist document called Laudato Si, they provided an accurate summation of what that document calls for, which is integral ecology. So integral ecology is defined as, quoting the distorter, it flows from his, meaning Francis's, Understanding that everything is closely related, and that today's problems call for a vision capable of taking into account every aspect of the global crisis. They're talking climate change or global warming, or now as they have rebranded it again, climate chaos. Relationships take place at the atomic and molecular level, between plants and animals, and among species and ecological networks and systems. For example, he, Francis, points out, we need only recall how ecosystems interact in dispersing carbon dioxide, purifying water, controlling illnesses and epidemics, forming soil, breaking down waste, and in many other ways we overlook or simply do not know about. Nor can the environment be considered in isolation. Nature cannot be regarded as something separate from ourselves or as a mere setting in which we live, writes the Pope. We are part of nature. End quote. Now, if that sounds like it contradicts dualism, don't worry, you're not alone, because it does contradict it. But that's okay. The modernists writing the Amazon working document at, aren't all interested in coherent governing documents for a revolutionary church meeting. They're interested in the outcome. and That outcome is a decentralized organization that has a Catholic brand on it that, that, re, that enables a re-paganization of local cultures in the name of the environment, which is a huge document topic. To that end, Paragraph 98 is going to be one of the paragraphs that will be a major source of controversy in the coming days and weeks. It involves a call for the, quote, integration of indigenous theology with ecology in the formation of candidates to holy orders. Yes, priests must be trained in something called indigenous eco-theology. That sounds promising, and I'm betting it's not the same way that some seminarians today are trained in the philosophy, if they can be called that, of the modern evangelical atheists like Dawkins and his crowd— so that those bad ideas can be combated. No, this is training in in embracing these ideas. This training will be required, according to the document, to, quote, "...deepen an existing Amazonian Indian theology, which will allow a better and greater understanding of indigenous spirituality, in order to avoid those historic errors that have run over many original cultures." The uh, historic errors they speak of include, of course, when the conquistadors, who did nothing wrong, and local tribes utterly annihilated the satanic culture they found dominant in Central America. What I said sounds provocative, I know, but the modernists in Rome today have the the philosophy of those idiotic coexist stickers you see on the cars of leftists today. Each religion is beautiful and has something to offer, goes the thinking. This ecumenia runs deep in this document. By taking account of indigenous spirituality, the document says, again, paragraph 98, quote, For example, it is necessary to take into account the myths, traditions, symbols, rituals, and celebrations of origin, which include transcendent, communitarian, and ecological dimensions, end quote. Again, that smells of heresy, because this is the context of integrating this into the liturgy and practice of the Catholic faith and cultures paragraph 126 says as much, quote, there is a need for a process of discernment in relation to the rituals, symbols, and celebratory styles of indigenous cultures in contact with nature, which must be assumed in the liturgical and sacramental ritual, quote. Let's call this what it is, a call for paganizing the mass. A month or so ago, probably longer than that actually, I did a video on these same local bishops calling for changing the sacramental material used in the Eucharist. They literally proposed making a host out of Yucca root, a sort of Yucca Eucharist. That laughable proposal is not off the table by any stretch. And no, before anyone asks, any host made from anything other than what the church has always required will be invalid for the Mass. The only point of dispute in the Eucharistic rite is whether the host can be of leavened bread or not. Anyway, more from paragraph 126, which shows that what they want is a new Mass. Quote, It is suggested that the liturgical celebrations be festive with their own songs and dances, in tongues and with original costumes, in communion with nature and with the community, a liturgy that corresponds to their own culture, to be the source and summit of their Christian life, and linked to their struggles, sufferings, and joys. The sacrament should be a source of life and medicine accessible to all, especially to the poor. It is asked to overcome the rigidity of a discipline that excludes and alienates, in favor of a pastoral sensitivity that accompanies and integrates, who will adapt the Eucharistic rituals to their own cultures, quote. That same paragraph goes on to make the case for what I talked about yesterday, the ordination of local, elderly, married men into the priesthood. But it doesn't stop there, because the document also calls for a formal ministry for women. Formal and official ministry. Not formal as in women religious, either, but something much more akin to the ordination of women. Yes, despite the Vatican sending some signals recently that it wasn't going to happen, the revolutionaries are going to push forward. In the name of synodality, this will likely be accepted by Rome, though I have been surprised in the recent past when terrible ideas were promoted by a synod only to be shot down by Pope Francis. It has happened before, and God willing, it'll happen again. I could go on and on. You can expect in the coming days more articles on this awful document, with hopefully some analysts in the coming days from honest scholars who can go into further detail about this obvious paganization of the Church. And yes, again, I know, the Church has in its recent post-conciliar history included some dances and other minor aspects of indigenous cultures in the Mass in various places around the world but this goes well beyond that. By incorporating a, frankly, pagan worldview in the church, one rooted in a defined heresy, the destruction of the faith in the name of social justice continues. I personally am beginning to dread the October Synod for that reason, but I especially dread this because of the nature of how this evil always spreads. We saw it with the spread of communion in the hand, with girl altar boys, with lay ministers of holy communion, All of it started with a practice cleared for some local region, and then it spread like wildfire throughout the church. That's how it has always started, and I don't see why we won't see something similar moving forward. In some ways, we already see it with the wide variety of Novus Ordo Masses, as no two parishes seem to say the new Mass in the same way. So, I say again, almost as a mantra, pray for the church, she desperately needs your prayers. Pray that she be liberated from the clutches of the men and women abusing the church for their own ends, and pray that these men and women convert before they face their judgment. It is a great evil they are working, and it is a great act of charity to pray for the enemies of the church, both within and without. As always, thank you for listening and for your support of this channel. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.